Florida, tourist paradise, tropical vacation wonderland, sunshine and cool breezes. From Mallory Square in Key West to the Governor's Mansion in Tallahassee and all points beyond, you're listening to the Florida Beer Podcast, powered by FloridaBeerBlog.com, your source for all things related to the craft beer community in the Sunshine State. And now your host, Dave Butler. All right, welcome to episode 18 of the Florida Beer Podcast, powered by FloridaBeerBlog.com. This is Dave, your host and author, and we are getting close to episode number 20, which is great. Yay, us! So awesome. Thank you very much. For those of you that are listening and have listened since the beginning and so on, I've got some big news for you. I know I promised it last episode. You're going to have to wait a little bit longer. I do apologize, but I promise you it is big, it is awesome, and it's going to be really, really cool once I can finally tell you everything that's going on. And it's there's, there's a number of things, which is nice. So one of the things that I can tell you is I have been featured on the Finding Florida podcast, which is a podcast operated by the Florida Podcast Network. The hosts, Jimmy and Glenn, go around Florida on adventures. And if you listen to episode 19A, which is the beginning of their adventures, renting an RV and going up and down the Gulf Coast of Florida you will actually hear a little piece that I recorded from them or for them at the Ocean Brews and Blues Fest in Deerfield Beach a couple weeks ago. Uh, So it's got short little interviews with Saltwater, with Biscayne Bay, and with Misfits Brewing. Uh, There are a couple of other interviews that I recorded. They didn't come out quite as well as I had hoped, so I wasn't able to put those in there. One was with Yeasty Brews. I've interviewed them on the podcast before. Great, great husband and wife team. Cannot wait to get them back and cannot wait for them to open a tap room so you can all try their stuff. They actually had some really great beers at the event. And then I was also able to finally talk to somebody from Florida Keys Brewing, which I thought was really awesome. Their iguana bait hibiscus Kolsch is all over the place down here, which is awesome. And I definitely cannot wait for people to try more of those, which is nice. All right. So hopefully I'll get them on the podcast sometime soon. But right now we've got a couple interviews to go over. First of all is Momentum Brewing in Bonita Beach, uh, Southwest Florida. They are part of the Southwest Florida Ale Trail. And if you want a passport booklet for the Southwest Florida Ale Trail. Uh, First couple people to email me will win. So you can email me at floridabeerblog at gmail.com. I spoke to Brian Hun because they just moved into a brand new facility right off I-75. It's much bigger. It's much easier to get to. A lot more taps. They've got a lot of really cool stuff going on. So I was able to chat with him about the move, about momentum, their background, their brewing, and so on. From there, traveled a couple hours north to Three Keys Brewing in Bradenton. Spoke with Kathy Douglas, who is the co-owner and the cider brewer at Three Keys. 
wonderful, wonderful brew pub. We'll talk a little bit more about them later. Uh, they just won a couple of awards for their ciders, so good on them. And then once I'm finished there, we will head to Corporate Ladder Brewing, who just celebrated their one-year anniversary. Talked with James and Blake there to understand a little bit more about Corporate Ladder. Uh, one of the things that we are looking for on the Florida Beer Podcast are sponsors. We are accepting spots for advertisers to be on the show. Uh, we've got some big dreams and some big, uh, some big plans, and we will need some help to get there. So if you know of anybody or if you are interested in sponsoring the program, drop me a line floridabeerblog at gmail.com that would be greatly appreciated so so to start off with we're going to go to momentum brewing and owner brian hahn so he can tell us a little bit more about their awesome new tap room and the beers that they have so sit back relax open up a cold florida craft beer and enjoy it's been a little while since you've opened momentum right it's yeah we uh, opened in november of 14 and we were in a 3,000 square foot space in the other location, mm -hmm. thinking we'd be there forever. You know, <laughs> being a little uh, mom and pop brewery, you know, local, which which we were and are. It's mm -hmm. still just Kate and I that own this, you know. Cool. So that's we kept it that way, <clears throat> good or bad. You know, sometimes it'd be nice to have some other uh, inputs and financial, but mm -hmm. then again, all the decisions are on us. And yeah. If they're good or bad, they're they're all ours, you know. So that's that's, that's the give and take. But we we just we grew outgrew the other space, you know. What thankfully. Um, and yeah, how big is this space? So we're in the tasting room now is three thousand, roughly, and then the, the production area is around six. So the tasting room itself is as big as the entire facility yes. that you just left. And yeah, we had a tasting room, then we had a middle area that we did games and sometimes live music, and then we had the brewery area. Mm -hmm. So each of those encompassed about a thousand square feet. Uh, how, um, when, I guess, how difficult was the decision that it's time to, time to grow, time to move, we can no longer be where we are? I kind of knew, well, we always struggled with parking. You know, mm -hmm. there was a, a lot next door that uh, wasn't ours, and there was a relationship with the owner of that, so uh, that that was difficult parking. Um, and if people are driving by and see there's no spots, and then they come inside, or if they do decide to pull and they come inside, and it's it's packed, thankfully, uh, all the time, then there's just you know that makes it difficult. Uh, we could. The biggest thing is, you know, obviously revolves around the beer. We only had 12 taps, mm -hmm. and we were always pulling off one beer to put on a guest tap or put on our new beers. And we we had built it. We built up a catalog catalog of 110 beers. Nice. And so to go back and make those and want to get excited and put them on, um, uh, it just wasn't always feasible. Uh, we want to get into barrel aging and things like that. We had no room for barrels. We were using a mobile mini out back. Thankfully, the <laughs> the tenant that was with us allowed us to use a couple of his spots to put a mobile mini to store kegs and mm -hmm. overflow stuff. So, that you know, as soon as you start doing things like that, it, you know, you, you see, hey, maybe it's, we need to look uh, for a larger space. Mm -hmm. We wanted to stay in Bonita. Um, as I looked at open available properties, I couldn't get my head around demoing a spot again. It was just all encompassing, you know, it was yeah. just too much. And so I knew I had to get in with a developer, a good developer on a project in a flex space, and there are not a lot of that in Benita. Mm -hmm. And through talking with my wife and through some connections at her work, 
um, we ended up meeting with McGarvey and, and got in on this project. So. Yeah, this looks like new construction. It's brand new. We I was able to design it from the ground up. Oh, nice. So John McGarvey handed me the prints. Said this is what it's gonna the outside's gonna look like. Fit everything in the way you want. What kinds of things did you put into the design that you always had wanted but never had in the previous space? Yeah. Um, you know, we have, I have an office. <laughs> that sounds silly, but, uh, and some of the other breweries told me that you're going to want an office. And, uh, and I was always working on the fly on a laptop or sitting in the middle of the tasting room, which was small and couldn't get work done or, you know, trying to find a space and didn't want to work at home. So anyway, I have an office. We have a legit mill room. We have legitimate storage for kegs and for, for our grain, you know, um, a ton of space to grow with our brew house, you know, so I was able to spec out a 15 barrel brew house uh, space here. Um, we're still using our direct fire five barrel, but we're hoping to expand that soon. Nice. And then, um, you know, I really wanted a tasting room where uh, it was more modular and with four, five, six different kinds of seating, and we've achieved that here. And, uh, yeah, I was looking around, it's got, you know, you've got the nice sort of traditional group style tables mm -hmm. and we're sitting next to a very interesting collection of boxes yeah, yeah which I'm sure gets a lot of play from kids it does and we're uh, <laughs> we're having to work on that and we knew it would but um, you know for the most part you can grab a couple of those boxes sit on them and pull one over for a table you can sit there in the windows and look outside my yeah. favorite are the cantilever ones uh, on the walls back there uh -huh. you can you know, sit at solo or, or play a game at and stuff like that so cool. But the biggest part in here too is we uh, one thing we did over there which was rough was we had a kegerator in the front with mm -hmm. 12 taps and our staff would have to go back to the cooler carry it across into the room and, and load it and uh, so the biggest thing I always wanted was a legit cooler in the back that we piped through the walls mm -hmm. and we have that here with 24 taps nice so now we have uh, you know, we kept our 12 core beers on, we have four mm -hmm. wines, we have root beer and that stuff. Plus, uh, our brewers now have room to play. Excellent. You know, so we can do a bunch of treatments. We can, uh, I want to get some three barrel fermenters and do use half the, of our brew house and brew some small batches and okay. get, get more creative. Uh, what kind of styles would you be interested in playing around with that you didn't necessarily do before? Yeah, more sours uh, and, and more barrel aging for sure. You know, mixed fermentations, um, all, all those kinds of things. Me messing with wine barrels rather than just a bourbon barrel that I get. Um, I was always happy to get one from a friend, um, but just to get more creative in the sour okay. world. I know Tom, our head brewer, would, is just excited about the options <laughs> he's going to have now. You know? Um, do you think that the Southwest Florida beer market is ready for things like that? Because I've spoken to plenty of others, you know, people like Bonehook and so on, and how yeah. they've had to sort of grow the palates in this area with a little more work than you know, heading north. It's true. It's, it's very true. Um, and that's looking at that, you know, when I opened the brewery, I, I, I called a buddy out um, at Dirty Bucket Brewing out in Seattle said hey you know what's going on with these sours and he said yeah they're coming <laughs> I had 15 guys come to the brewery with a bottle and <clears throat> I probably honestly liked one of them at the time you know and so we didn't launch with a sour so um, and, and kind of going around about here with your question but leading into what we did yeah. so I, I, I felt the market here wasn't ready for those extreme beers there are guys that are doing them and they're doing well Point Bell makes some amazing sours you know mm -hmm. and, and kill it and um, 
they've done well with them. But our thing has been to <clears throat> let's do ten styles, traditional, with a little flair. Make some really good base beers. <clears throat> if you're a person that likes a wheat, you can get a wheat. If you're a person that likes a brown, you're gonna have a brown. If you like a barley wine, here's a barley wine. You know, uh, here's a pale, here's an IPA. Um, and start with those, and keep those as our cores, and then build from those. If we want to do a treatment on one, uh, on our wheat, with some raspberries or fruits or things like that, then we can and find our dosing rate and make, uh, make it consistent. Consistent and quality, those are, those are our models to start with. So, to answer your question, no, I don't think, uh, I, I, there's a lot of people coming now, coming down from other places where there are breweries that are doing really funky things, and that's starting to, uh, you know, they're bringing their parents in, or they're moving here now, and they're like, hey, uh, they had this at these other breweries and stuff, and I'm, we're aware of that, but we definitely, uh, we, we've had to build slowly into it. We, we've um, got a really nice Berliner Weiss, it's tart, so it's not real aggressive uh, as far as being sour and funky. Um, but um, as we work towards doing our own, we've had on uh, Une Anes beers from uh, Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, really powerful uh, wild fermentations, and they're selling <laughs> like crazy. So what we're cool. doing is looking at, hey, uh, bring in, let's bring in a guest tap, see how well it does. We know we want to do this, but if it sells, all right, man, let's do it now. That makes you know? sense. So that kind of thing. And you said that you wanted to stay specifically in Bonita Springs, not Absolutely. just the region, but this city. What was it about Bonita Springs itself that spoke to you? Was it purely personal reasons or business? Uh, when we started the brewery, uh, <clears throat> oh, we lived right across the street from our old brewery. Okay. <laughs> so I was able to run over there at 2, 3, 4 in the morning, you know, and yeah. something popped into my head or I needed to fix it or just keep things rolling. So. And realistically, we're just down the street from... Three the miles. It's not Three miles, and logistically, we're now right off the highway, 0.1 miles. Uh, Bonita Beach Road can get jammed up in the in the in the season. You know, people mm -hmm. are trying to go to the beach, and we're right there, and it's jammed up. And so, many of our locals, unless they lived behind the brewery, which we miss having that group being so close, um, mm -hmm. they, and they've let us know, <laughs> um, <clears throat> wouldn't go down Bonita Beach Road to get there. If you were coming from Tampa, going over to uh, Fort Lauderdale or Miami, yeah. you know, now, man, you can just jump right off. There we yeah, are. Yeah, it was incredibly yeah. easy. And even our, even our, uh, you know, the people that we know up in North Fort Myers or South Naples, um, there's other options now. But now, if you're like, hey, I, I really want to go to Momentum. I didn't really want to fight the traffic. Now you can just jump, get on the highway, yeah. jump right off. You know, so it's been a big benefit. Interesting. Yeah, yeah the, the region is definitely growing. I like. You know, people like the South, Southwest Florida Ale Trail and the password yeah. that they've got, and then a lot of year expanding, um, Bone Hook expanded, Anchor Lab just opened just up. Just opened, yeah. Gotta say, there's, there's a lot that's going on here, which I don't think people really realize. Yeah, there is. There is. <laughs> now, from a logistics standpoint, the one thing that's always been interesting to me is what does it take to move a brewery? Like, how many days were you off? Are closed completely. What did it take to move? How much did you brew in advance? I can, Have you started brewing here? It's, it's <laughs> it all fell together. I can tell you, it was way harder than opening. Really? Much harder. Um, there's build out timing, and we're that is never on target. 
we were supposed to transition in December. We transitioned in May. How do you, when do you start making beer? You know, so um, I was hands-on at the other place. Thankfully, I have a great team of beer tenders who were uh, handling the tasting room and Tom in the back handling the brewing. Uh, so we had, we talked, <laughs> but I was mostly over here <clears throat> overseeing what was going on with the construction so that I could plan and, and, and feedback information to the team over there to keep on track. So when there came a time where we felt like inspections were going to start happening and then they made us move the brew house to hook it up to the gas, <laughs> thankfully we'd been filling tanks. Just fill a tank, empty it, fill a tank, empty it. Uh, our cooler over there was only probably 12 feet by 10 feet. So, mm -hmm. you know, Tom was stressing out, you know, hey, where are we going to put all this beer? And it, we have a, we run pretty tight. We run lean, you know, so my background's in manufacturing. And so we look at the schedule every day. We look at what's being taken out. We look at the sales. And um, I don't know, it, it fell into place. As far as the move, ultimately, physically, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we submitted our uh, TTB packet for our licenses, for our two COP and our manufacturing on Monday. Um, or sorry, on a Friday. Monday we heard our manufacturing was okay. We had an issue with our uh, two COP. We had a, a, a number wrong. There's always an issue. Tuesday, two o'clock, you're approved. Wednesday we opened over here. <laughs> so we we felt we may upset some of our customers, but uh, it's we haven't put out the information of why we did that so much other than hey we're here. But it was all behind the scenes with hey our license is approved. We need to open the new space and then start. Uh, you know we don't. We just needed to open. You know, we needed to keep things going. <laughs> so we moved the, we moved the equipment um, over a period of about three Saturdays. Um, I want to give a shout out to Dan Garman. We wouldn't be open without his help. And uh, <laughs> uh, we just started brewing last week again here. Okay. So we're we have four tanks full, and oh, we're nice. going to fill four more this week, and then we'll we'll be back on track. Good. Yeah, we've been bringing in some guest taps, which we want to do anyway, but uh -huh. to uh, lighten the load on our beers, mm -hmm. especially when distribution kicks back in. You know, they're going to start taking more. Think, you know, we're we're going in this summer here, so the mm -hmm. bars and restaurants are slowing down a little, um, and I think I the think the timing and working out okay. They're slowing down in the summer. Yeah, here we're oh, yeah, yeah we're highly it's, seasonal it's, here. Yeah, and it's mostly the snowbird season that really kind of kicks up so correct, it's the correct. opposite of what you would think of a place like Daytona or, correct okay interesting yeah, yeah, correct. how has that been in terms of the influx of people coming down from the north where the beer culture may be a little bit stronger right how has that sort of affected your business and influenced what you brew when you brew how you brew it, it goes back to uh, us listening over the past few years, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that's that's the major driver, you know. Um, for us locally, it's our job to educate and, and uh, put on new beers and get people excited without going too far where something's sitting, um, which thankfully hasn't happened. But as the people come down from other areas where other breweries are, uh, you know, hey, have you thought about making this? Have you thought about making this? And then we research it and we plan. And, mm -hmm. and so we're, that's why we're going to move into some other styles and things. Um, in terms of styles, so you have core beers. What are, what are those core beers like? 
Um, yeah, what, which like what do you usually have on tap? Well, we always have we always have a wheat. That's our number one seller. Okay. Nice and uh, basic coriander and orange peel. If someone comes in that's not is new to craft, mm-hmm. that'll be our kind of our gateway beer. And that's your 16 degrees that's our Celsius, 16 degree Celsius. Which I know that you just posted a story on the name yeah, on, yeah. on social media, but I can't remember it for no, the life. No, it's cool. Uh, my mother-in-law uh, Susan uh, wanted a beer that was like Blue Moon. And I said, well, I'll, I'll do something like it, but I'm going to make it my own, you know. And she actually said, <laughs> but I would like some, a little more body in it, you know. And I said, cool. So for her 60th birthday, uh, 16 degrees Celsius is 60 Six degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> George Carlin came up with a joke, but I, 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 I took it, yeah. So um, Pierce's Pale is our, is our, our, to me, that's my son, Pierce. Okay. And the first beer I won an award with. And okay. First beer on tap, first beer in distribution. So that one really means a lot to us. And I, I didn't launch with an IPA. I launched with a hoppy pale. Mm-hmm. So that one kind of, um, and I mentioned that in a recent post as well, that that for a time sufficed. And so everyone started asking for an IPA, you know, <laughs> just because of the name. Yeah. Know. But uh, yeah, and then um, Nehai's is my favorite. It's an imperial red IPA, real malty, bold. It's nine and a half percent, so it's big and really flavorful. We've taken um, gold medal in all of Florida for our barley wine. Nice. And we've taken a bronze for that too, so two years in a row for that. Very cool. Um, we've, uh, our machinist Berliner Weiss is on all the time. Linear Motion's doing really well. We actually ran out of that. We're, oh, wow. <laughs> we should have it on in a couple days. <laughs> so that's our New England IPA, and Tom has, um, it's just one of those beers that, if you're not familiar with it, I, I, I kind of believe it was an accident, you know. And uh, now we're all putting in so much science and, and things to, to refine it, you know. We're, we're doing biotransformation with it. We've found a yeast that uh, flocculates properly. And um, the hopping rate's there, and we've got the right amount of flaked oats for that mouthfeel and stuff. So it's, it's been, it's in our top three sellers now. It's nice. really nice and tropical, really, 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 really smooth on the palate. So we're really happy about that one. Um, Instinct IPA, it's it's uh, it's our number two. It's really drinkable, really crushable, okay. uh, nice and tropical. You know, excellent. That's our biggest thing that we're with with a market that's new. Uh-huh. Um, some people uh, always attribute an IPA to being a West Coast IPA, right? Yeah. So is it hoppy? It's all beers are hoppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you got to be careful how you present that, you know. So hoppy doesn't mean bitter or piney. It hops are used for flavor, mm-hmm. aroma, and bitterness. It's just these new, or to us newer IPAs that are New England style or East Coast are tropical, and the hops are there. They're just used in the flavoring and aroma mm-hmm. time frame in the boil. So, uh, ironically enough, we're launching an, uh, a bitter. Uh, piney pale this weekend so <laughs> we're gonna go back to that a little bit but, interesting yeah um well i was gonna but, say you've got no. so i mean with this you definitely have the blessing of space is it possible yeah. to even have maybe a temporary stage that you can put outdoor and do sort of a beer garden yeah we okay so as far as things come you know we're going to do car shows uh, we okay. just we just did a crossfit event this oh, past really? weekend yeah and raised money for a local charity um, and so uh, it's it's we do yoga in the back um, a lot of fun things like that we're going to do food events we're going to do a market 
Um, you're going to okay. see a lot of things like that. And we're not changing. We did these things at the other place. We work with Eva's Closet uh, to do fundraisers to mm-hmm. uh, for needy children and families here in Bonita. Um, we have the food trucks every day. We're not doing anything different than we did at the other place. Yeah. It worked for us. We just want we can do more of it. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing too is to have. If we did an event over there, it encompassed the whole place. Here, we could still do a fundraiser and still uh, sustain the tasting room yeah. and have room to still play games and, and things like that. So, Excellent. Yeah. And where can people find all the information about this and more? Yeah, so we're on, uh, we're on the web at MomentumBrewHouse.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're real aggressive on our Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Lauren does a great job of posting a weekly plan on Monday by 10 o'clock. And then every day by 10, you can see what's going on that day. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. No problem. My pleasure. Like I said, Momentum's got a lot of really great stuff. Very happy to see them growing. Uh, Southwest Florida Craft Beer is just doing very, very well. They've got a lot of great places that are opening up. Anchor Lab just opened up. Hopefully I'll get them on the podcast as well. And Momentum is one of a few breweries that have recently expanded significantly. So really great to see that happen. A um, couple of other places that just opened up, Oviedo Brewing has just opened up in Oviedo, which is in Seminole County. They're sort of in the Orlando area, but they're still their own little place, which is awesome. Cannot wait to uh, try them, so congratulations. And then Clearwater Brewing has just opened up close to Clearwater Beach. I don't know if it's on the island or very close to it, but Clearwater getting a lot of traction. They've already had some great breweries there anyways. People like Paradise and Big Storm, and now they've got another great brewery joining the family, and they actually are holding their first ever dog photo contest. So if you check them out on Instagram at Clear Brewing, you can actually take a look at that, which is really neat. Uh, Another couple of happenings, if you follow Walking Tree out of Vero Beach, one of the best breweries in the state of Florida, in my opinion, they are releasing bottles of their award-winning Barnacled Manatee Barley Wine. Uh, They've got three different varieties. They've got the regular barley wine, they've got one that is rum barrel aged, and one that is bourbon barrel aged, and I think that goes down on the 15th. I would take a look at their social media to to understand that just a little bit better, so (laughs) that probably works well for there. And then there was recently a Cider and Perry Festival that our very own Three Keys Brewing went to. If you've ever been to Three Keys, it is a fantastic brew pub in Bradenton, Um, maybe about 5-10 minutes away from 75. They've got beers, they've got food, they've got ciders, they've got all sorts of things for the kids to do, a great homey feel. They made all the furniture themselves. And the owners, it's actually a husband, wife, and then a couple of their kids, all of which have military backgrounds. All they're just just incredible, wonderful human beings, and a, you know, apart from having a fantastic business. And uh, the mother, the chief cider maker, Kathy Douglas, um, couple of the people that work for her and make ciders just won two bronze medals at that festival that I just spoke to you about. Unfortunately, that was after this interview or else I would have talked about it. But definitely check them out. Um, I've tried the ciders. They are very, very good and enjoy listening to a little bit more about Three Keys Brewing. 
don't have every state represented and you know every team but we've got so many well I, so it's let's, cool. what what is the mug wall this is a very extensive wall of mugs that I'm seeing. Is this your mug club? Yes, so this is our mug club, um, <laughs> which is an annual, you know, mug club membership. I mean, not an annual, it's a lifetime um, mug club membership. Right. You know, we we didn't like the whole idea of, you know, oh, hey, we're going to send you a bill every year, you know, thanks yeah. for joining us, you know. <laughs> um, and so we started off, we have a potter who used to live down in Village of the Arts. Okay. So you'd come in, meet with her, and you'd decide, you know, tell her what you'd like and that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. And so everyone is personalized to every Mug Club member, you know. Nice. Um, I did notice that they're all the same shape, yes. but completely different designs. Yeah. Yeah, and so unfortunately she moved out to California. That's a shame. She didn't ask our permission on that. I was <laughs> not real happy. But um, she moved out to California. So now we have a new potter. Um, so we will, because we've started on that wall. Oh, so wow. yes, yes, we're going to run out of, of wall space real soon. I don't know. We're at like 350, I think, somewhere in through there. You're going to run out of spoons because the, the mugs are held up by spoon hooks. So yes. I'm sure that... That's yeah. gonna be. <laughs> we we try not to do anything cookie cutter. Uh huh. So that was that was our thing, you know. Our chairs aren't cookie cutter. Our tables are all. We made all of our tables. We made all of our chairs. Really? You know, we just yeah, we're crazy that way. Wow, that's. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually looking at the chairs and it's metal piping and planking, and I I never noticed that, that was yes. all DIY. Yes, we we palleted all the walls in here ourselves. We did all of the copper top on the bar. We um. You know, we have purse hooks and, and plugs underneath for electronics and, you know, all these things Gosh. and all of the, you know, all the little things, you know, we just, we didn't want somebody to walk in and go, oh, it looks like a chain, you know? Yeah, it's, it's so. definitely, I've been to very few breweries that are like this. So what was the impetus to create a space that like this and to create a brewery and... Well, we we traveled um, quite a quite a bit. We took our girls out of school, and we took a little over two years, and we traveled. We hit about forty states, mm. over one hundred and thirty breweries, you know. And um, because we didn't want to go to the chains that we have in our hometown, you know, we could do yeah. that without traveling, without leaving our our house, you know. Amen. So we ended up in a lot of spots, just hitting breweries, you know. And so all of these breweries. It, you know, there was always at least one thing that you go, oh, that is the coolest. I love that, you know. And there were some things where like, oh, I would never do that. I would never do that. You know, we have very few TVs here. Um, we will show some special events and stuff like that. But we wanted people to come in and hang out and, um, you know, not sit and watch TV. You can do that at home. You know, we wanted people to come out and visit and get to know each other and know your neighbors and... So this is kind of what we came up with. <laughs> um, now, you've got a military background. Yes. Your husband has a military background. Yes. All three of your kids were in the armed services. Yes. How did that come about? And do you, th it, I've noticed, I actually was talking to somebody earlier today and saying that there are a lot of brewers here in the state of Florida mm -hmm. that started their careers way back in the U.S. military. Yeah. Why do you think so many go into brewing? I don't know. That's a good question. I really, um, I have no idea. You know, we, <laughs> and, and I don't know how in the world, 
you know, we ended up with like all of our kids in the military. It was just one of those things, you know, we always put it out there, you know, in high school, well, okay, so what are your plans for the future, you know? And that was always an option when that was brought up, but mm-hmm. it was never something that, you know, was pushed heavily. It was just, I don't know. They just all kind of fell in that path. Now, everybody was Navy, if I'm correct, except for... Backwards. <laughs> Everyone oh, was, was Army, Army, except for the oldest son who was Navy. Yeah. <laughs> does, he, does he get it during family... You know what, we, he did until we came back to, like, if you go back, you know, my parents weren't military, my husband's parents weren't military, but the grandparents, both of our okay. grandfathers were Navy. And so then when we sat down and we started going through and talking about, you know, who all was in the military and that kind of thing, we realized that Scott had it right. We ended up, wait a minute, we broke the chain, you know, That's, doing Army. So, I don't know, it was just the way things fell. That's well. funny. Um, now, this is still a family affair. It's yeah. you and your husband, and right. one of your sons is your brewmaster. He was our first brewmaster. Broom, okay. And he left. He's now out in California. Cool. Um, so, he left a while back, and we now have our daughter is... Um, one of our bartenders, my sister is one of our managers, and um, and then our kids come in, our younger kids, we have three adopted kids, awesome. and um, they will come in and run food and that kind of thing, and so, yeah, everybody pitches in. Nice. Yeah. And you've been adopting for quite some time. And... So we spent about 15 years fostering, um, and then... Through the end of that, you know, we said we would never adopt. Uh Never say never because it comes back to bite (laughs) you in the butt every time. Um, So, you know, later on down the road, we were like, we had a little girl from from birth, you know, and three years later, we're like, there's no way she's going anywhere. So our never going to adopt um, plan quickly got turned on its heels. And (laughs) so then we started with one and then we ended up with um, two biological half sisters. Oh, wow. And so they came later on down the road. So now we've got the three that are now 17, 14, and 12. Wow. But at uh, least you're putting them in here to work at three. At three I know. I know. <laughs> uh, yes. And then our um, our daughter who works here has uh-huh. a baby. So And okay. she's two. And she's quite funny because we'll drag her in here too, you know. And she follows me around. I'm like, come on, we got to go check Nana's cider, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, Nana Cider, okay. <laughs> well, I'll say this is one of the things that we were very happy about is that this is one of the most kid-friendly places yeah. we've ever been to, so much so that there's actually a section devoted yeah. to the kids. Yes. And I would assume yeah. that was more out of need than anything else. That was, I don't know, that was intentional. That was, you know, not just for us, but of all the places that we went, you know, anything that had, you know, games and anything that could keep the kids happy, you know, then we were thrilled, you know, because you take your kids out to eat all the time. And, you know, our big saying a long time ago was, you know, why should you have to be relegated to drinking, you know, big beer in a chain restaurant just because you have kids? You know, you should be able to have craft beer if that's your thing and have your kids be happy too. So we just, we wanted it to be comfortable for everybody. Awesome. Um, 
being in Bradenton, being just below the Hillsboro Pinellas explosion that is craft beer, right. are you getting a lot of the, those people coming down to visit specifically you or? Is... Yeah, we do. I, you know, Bradenton. Um, you know, when we opened, I think we were the third brewery, um, or maybe fourth. You know, now we have five. We've got two more that are getting ready to open. Well, the fifth is going to open any day. You know, and then. Um, there's another one that just started down the road and Sarasota has, you know, so we have a lot now in this area, not as many as St. Pete and Tampa and that kind of <laughs> stuff, but, um, you know, we do have enough to make it kind of a destination spot for people to come and, and hit all the craft breweries. So yeah, really with in between Sarasota and Bradenton, that's sort of one, I guess, city grouping yeah and sort of operate in tandem with each other a little bit enough. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but this is the only one that i can really think of that has food and ciders and yes. a little bit of everything yeah we um we started off knowing that we were going to have a restaurant we didn't know it was going to be this big uh-huh um but you know we knew we wanted food um why we, um just of all the breweries that we went to um you know, and not to knock food trucks because I love a good food truck. Oh, you know, yeah. you can you can hit so many different types of food, but if your kids won't eat, I don't know, Korean barbecue or you know, spicy kimchi, you know, I don't know, um, then then you're screwed. You know, and you can't stick there. So you know, we also had never found a food truck that has had a salad or any kind of vegetable other than deep fried. <laughs> You're you know. totally right. So we just, you know, that was that was a thing. You know, I want we wanted to offer some healthy options. You know, because for me, I can't drink my calories and eat them too. Yeah. I have to have at least some kind of moderation. So I will, I would rather drink another beer or another cider than you know have deep fried everything. That's just, you know. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. That was kind of the way we went. <laughs> and we wanted to have meals for kids, too, you know. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, we, we went to a lot of breweries that we had to drag in, you know, food from outside, you know. Which is fine once in a while. But, you know, we wanted something a little more consistent for the mm -hmm. family. So That makes perfect sense. Um, now, obviously, the beer operations you have somewhere else but you're pretty well heading out the cider here yes how did that kind of come about because it wasn't there when you first opened right and especially in the state of florida it's tough it's a little <laughs> bit tough to do both under one roof so i guess what was the decision and then what was the process so um we i really liked cider you know that was a big thing you know mm -hmm. and we had a lot of people that liked ciders um, and we just started toying around. Well, can we, you know, is that something that we could, could do? And, um, I started making ciders at home and, um, then we just, we said, why not? You know, we called our lawyer. We're like, Hey, what, you know, what do we need to do to make this happen? And so, um, we just did it. You know, it was something that we wanted and it was something that, you know, we just don't have in this area you know there Correct. are very very few cideries you know which m the majority of you know you can't grow apples down here yeah so there is that logistical piece that you have to put together and um so it it took us a while to get our ducks in a row so that we could mm. you know 
find that source and um, you know the trucking issues and you know it's just so we did it and we've got a really good orchard that we work with out in New York and okay. um, so they just you know they make it happen and do you get the apples or do you get the juice we get juice gotcha. we get juice um, juicing the apples if we went that route that that pressing of the apples is a whole other operation yeah. you know and when we moved into this spot there was we have over 7,000 square feet you mm -hmm. know and we really thought oh my gosh we'll never in a million years use all that space <laughs> you know and now we're like oh my gosh where can we put another fermenter where can we put another you know mm -hmm. oven where can we you know we just um so there's nowhere that I can think of except for on the roof <laughs> <laughs> if we wanted to put in an apple press so that's not gonna happen mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's funny so what yeah. kind of ciders do you like to make what are your we you... like a little bit of everything you know we do some we do some drier ciders. We do some sweeter ciders. Um, we do every Saturday is Happy Cider Day for us. Oh, so we put out a test batch. <laughs> we put out a test batch every Saturday that's going to be, you know, something small. And, um, you know, so there's always something new. That was something we did with the beer. You know, we wanted to always have some, be offering something new. So Tuesdays, we do test batch Tuesdays on the beer side. And then we just started on Saturdays making that about the cider. So we do a test batch of cider every Saturday. Awesome. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. Now, yeah. with the beer, do you have a lot of standards or do you basically just let the menu dictate itself and flip as much as you can we try and do a, a, a wide variety you know we've got 23 taps and at least you know usually four to five of those are ciders the rest are going to be beer we try and have a little bit for every everybody um, we don't really have core beers per se but we mm -hmm. try and keep some light beers we try and keep some browns and ambers you know um, we try and do you know keep we always have some IPAs um, once in a while, we'll be a little heavy, heavy handed on, you know, one versus the other, but we try and keep a nice variety. And then we try and do some, you know, just some interesting things, you know, some sours and, you know, that kind of thing, just to keep people happy. Some gozas, gotcha. you know, so. All right, cool. A little bit of everything. Nice. Uh, where can people find more information on Three Keys? So we have a pretty, a pretty extensive social media, um, you know, uh, presence and, um, you know, our website's almost always up to date, you know. <laughs> I, we've been to a lot of breweries that don't keep up with the social media things and, you know, you go in and say, oh, I wonder what they have, you know, on tap and it's, you know, it was last updated, you know, two years ago and you're yeah. like, wait a minute, that doesn't help, you know. So with the exception of, you know, oh, somebody forgot to go in and, and add this add the new beer of the day mm -hmm. uh, you know into the computer system it's always up to date so and we try and keep you know all the new events we do we do events almost every day really? you know we have events are specials mm -hmm. you know we do we do some uh, name that tune poker um, which is <laughs> like a, mu a music trivia kind of thing which is a lot uh -huh. of fun we do um, we do bingo one night we do um, Let's see, regular trivia. We have another theme trivia that we added in once a month. We do sex trivia once in a while, which is a hoot. <laughs> yeah, that one's, that's a good one. Oh. Um, once in a while, we'll do a Cards Against Humanity um, uh, tournament and, you know, some 
we'll have cornhole tournaments once in a while and um, I don't know we just we try and keep something going on all the time awesome sounds like a good time I'll have to yeah. keep coming back more thank you so much for your time I appreciate <laughs> absolutely. it absolutely glad we could talk to you like I said, they're a, they're a wonderful place to go. I definitely enjoy going there. Uh, Festival-wise, June 15th, there are a couple of big festivals that are coming up. Uh, one is Flying Boat Brewing. You heard them on our last episode. They are actually having a crawfish boil on the 15th from noon to 5, I do believe. Uh, check them out. It's $25 a person. Crawfish, beer, live music fun frivolity so take a look at them on social media you should be able to get some more details and get tickets on that day is also 26 degrees man day they've always kind of taken father's day the day before it and really expanded it and done a lot of really fun stuff i've been to previous man day festivities before it's a good time got some pop-up stores there was a pop-up barber one year uh, new beer releases. It's, it's always fun. That is on the 15th as well. Also, down in Opalaka, Legacy Caribbean Craft Brewery, one of the best breweries in Florida. I really do enjoy these guys. They are having a domino uh, competition as part of their WEPA Caribbean Festival. I, I definitely did not do that well enough. You can definitely hear how white I am, which I apologize for. But that is on the 8th and registration is free for the domino festival i know some people that should probably register for it um it's, it's a good time and definitely check that out because there's some wonderful wonderful people uh the last festival that i have for you isn't until september 28th and that's actually in Tavares, florida uh, Brewtoberfest, sponsored by the Brew Tap House. It's their fourth annual year of doing this, and when I say brew, I mean B-R-U with the umlauts on top. Think Motley Crew. So, 28th of September from 5 to 8 p.m., they're going to have 35-plus breweries, including, I mean, some great names on here. Uh, Green Bench, Bowiegan, Swamphead, Walking Tree, just talked about them. Infinite, uh, Motorworks, Sailfish, Tomoka, and so on, so on, so on. Uh, definitely check out Brew Tap House or on Facebook for more information and to get tickets. But right now, we are going to head back to Bradenton. Uh, Corporate Ladder Brewing has just celebrated their one-year anniversary. They're in a really interesting position. It's a brand-new strip mall, very close to 75, and it's on 75 right where 275 dead ends. So as you're leaving Pinellas County, you're going across the Sunshine Skyway Bridge, and 275 dead ends into 75, you just go south and boom, it's right there. Uh, so I was able to talk to uh, James, who's the social media person and one of the brewers, and then Blake, who is one of the owners of Corporate Ladder Brewing. We sat outside because it was a gorgeous day and tried a few beers and chatted about their background and Corporate Ladder, their philosophy and being a brewery in a section of Florida that isn't really known for craft beer, but is really close to an area that is. So it was a great interview. I hope you enjoyed. Yeah, this is like a very, very new strip mall area. It is. We were the very first thing <laughs> open off of this exit, literally. Um, and so, you opened before the TK Grill next door. Yeah, we opened, opened about up. seven months before they opened 
Yeah, so we were literally the only thing in this strip mall uh, for the first seven months we were here. Um, TK opened, well, the nail salon opened, and then TK okay. opened shortly thereafter. <laughs> so not uh, too big on the nail salon, but... People come in and uh, you know, they get yeah, nails have... done, they grab a beer, and they go over there, and so... But you're not really going to be going over there. I don't know. I, I, I don't mind a little bit. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't hamper uh, me. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to say, um, after taking a look at the website and taking a look at the biographies that are on the website, they frustrate me to the point where I want to punch a baby in the face. Well, they aren't real. Uh, oh, bios. but they're written. They're how they're written is just so cringeworthy. And of course, the names continue into the beers and all sorts of corporate mumbo jumbo lingo bingo which is just yeah you shouldn't be able to access that bio page on the website uh the link <laughs> is supposed to be broken because what's on there is literally just a filler that came with a template for the uh for the website and so they haven't <laughs> been updated so i get emails all the time to mark because evidently mark uh -huh. was the ceo's name on there and i'm like you like my name's blake thank you but it's all good. Like you're emailing Blake at Corporate Ladder, and like you say, yeah, Mark or other owner. I'm like, no, that's, it's all it's all good. But yeah, so that page you shouldn't be able to see. But it uh, does give a good idea for I guess the vibe that you're going for. I mean, so Corporate Ladder, it's it's our rejection of big business. So we are trying to make fun of big business at every uh, way that we can. Uh, so we kind of mirror, you know, craft beers rejection of big beer. It's our rejection of big business. So. Uh, you know, Adam, myself, I mean, we came from corporate, corporate jobs, uh, kind of ran from them, from. yeah, ran, ran away from it as fast and as hard as we could. And, um, here is, is, you know, this is sort of, like I said, our, our rejection of that and trying to make it about people, uh, and about community and, um, trying to, uh, we like to say maximize happiness, not profits. Like we're for profit business. Obviously we have to make money, but it's not about that. It's about trying to to create a community and uh, a sense sense of um sort of ownership for everyone that's involved so excellent um in terms of brewing styles and brewing you know, things that you like to do with your system what do you generally like to have on your tap list what are you really wanting to be known for uh, I think the one year anniversary tap list that's gonna be coming out here in a couple of days uh will probably reflect what we really want to do but uh you know blake and i both agree that we love we love a, a lot a wide variety of beers uh, but north northeast style ipas uh really easy drinking clean lagers particularly um for me anyways check pilsners we have mm -hmm. a nice pills um yeah i like our pills a lot um, um and then did you go uh, traditional or did you like to play around with it a little it's bit? a modern take uh so it's got um it's got uh Hartau, uh, Hartau Blanc. Hartau Blanc and, and uh, Motueka. Motueka so. And so it's kind of our modern little nod towards it. So Hartau Blanc is definitely my favorite of the Hartau slash, I don't even know if you would call that a noble hop, but noble like hop re variety. Reimaginings of, of Hartau, right. if you will. And then Motueka is a daughter of Saz. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, again, kind of that nod back. Now, Motueka doesn't present, present anything like Saz does, it does. but it's <laughs> it's sort of like of those new aging hops that we could use uh, was a way to nod back towards like tradition. So, um, but it's it's just a nice, clean, uh, easy drinking Pilsner. Um, we're gonna play around probably with some other, other Pilsners coming out here and do some dry hop stuff and 
And I've got uh, your watermelon goza mm -hmm. right now. Was that made with fresh watermelon extracts? What'd you want? No extracts. Oh, no. no extracts. Oh. Uh, nope. It's For just, anything. Uh, I would say that we've never put extract in beer, but for the vast, anytime that we can get an ingredient and use it fresh, we always do. Excellent. Um, so. And being from New England, coming down here, obviously the uh, the fresh ingredient game has to be a little bit better down here, I would assume. For certain things, for citrus, sure. for sure. Yeah. Tropical fruits, all of that, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, vanilla beans and whatnot, same process that everybody else gets in there. Yeah. Beer various sure. parts of the world that we are not in <laughs> so yeah. tahitian yep madagascar. ugandan and madagascar yeah but, but yeah there, other than that uh yeah we like we do kettle sours uh we want to do mixed culture beers uh we just put a bunch of beer in barrels uh a bunch of clean beer but we're looking to do some mixed firm stuff in barrels long-term sours uh goal is to get some fooders in here too mm -hmm. uh do some quick turnaround mixed culture beers um and uh yeah, I think that's Imperial, Imperial Sweet Stouts, I guess. Big, big stouts, treated stouts, dessert stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, now, being in Manatee County, why? I guess, why did you choose Manatee? Because we are literally at the end, the terminus of 275. We so are right at 275 and 75, where they meet. I think it's a great location. Uh, we are here in this location purely because I live five minutes down the road. <laughs> uh, so I live in Parish, and literally we have nothing, right? We didn't have a restaurant. We didn't have a social hangout, a gathering place. Like, we didn't have anything in the area. Uh, I've lived here now 10 years and, um, and knew that there was sort of a, a void there in the, the market. Mm -hmm. um, and... Thankfully, we've um, kind of proven that out from the reception that we've got. We've been blessed by the reception that we've had so far from just our local community. Mm -hmm. uh, and the beer people are starting to find us. Say, yeah, so are they like coming down? Slowly, slowly but surely. We're getting a lot of people come down from Tampa, up from Sarasota, uh, you know, and other markets, uh, St. Pete down. And so we're starting to get some some nods from, from the beer community. Uh, but largely, we've been buoyed just by our local local community here for, for the last year, which is pretty pretty amazing. And with the local community and what some would call a non-traditional beer market, have they been receptive to your goes to the gozos to the Berliners? Absolutely, we've been pushing out. I mean, so far, so we're just just starting to push out some some true mixed firm uh -huh. uh, mixed culture sours, which will be most likely pushing the palette a little bit of of some of some of our market but mm -hmm. our sours specifically our fruit and sours to date have been some of our most popular beers uh and we here i mean we're having a conversation with two people earlier today um said they didn't like sours until they tried ours and now they are seeking them out when they go out uh, because they enjoy them so it's neat uh you know, we definitely, we opened with some easy drinking beers. We made our Pilsner, which we're so proud of. And it's a beer that we both reach for at the end of most brew days. But uh, <laughs> our blonde, our coffee blonde, which has been really, really popular, is kind of just a little play on it. Um, How did that become a very popular style? Because a couple of years ago, I'd never heard of it. A coffee blonde? Yeah. And now all of a sudden, I mean, I had a coffee blonde. I've got a coffee Kolsch in my car. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, just kind it's, of, uh, <laughs> I, th I think it's. 
it's you've got a more shirt? popular I because do. it's and we use their coffee in okay. our coffee blonde. Right? Oh, oh, so who's uh, oh, uh, close out by? and about? Uh, uh, out uh, about uh, coffee, uh, they are Sarasota. Main Street, Sarasota. Yep. <clears throat> so, a good um, friend of uh, both of ours. Uh, before I even worked here, I've known Justin. He's a good guy. But yeah, so I mean, we we make a bunch of beers that are gateway beers because we knew in the area where we are, like we're going to be a gateway brewery for a lot of people, and so just having some Easter egg beers always on—it's a commitment. We're, we don't have any real core beers that are always always on. You know, maybe eventually we'll get there, but for now, it's we we want to have uh, we always want to have something easy drinking. We've got a nice little amber lager. We've got a nice pilsner. Um, you know, we've got a nice blonde ale, uh, a wheat. You know that we try to keep a couple of those on at all times just to satisfy that um, beyond that really I mean the sours have fallen into kind of that niche too with some of the fruited sours have just been um, approachable and uh, yeah, it's nowhere it's good. nowhere near as aggressive as some sours that I've tried it's still very it's clean it's easy drinking it's got a little bit of that tang to it sure but and that's a, this is yeah. maybe a little bit less tart than you would see with some of our sours, just because it goes is not going to be quite as far as we no. take maybe the Berliners or the sour IPAs and other things that we make. Mm -hmm. uh, so that one, but yeah, I mean it's just it's a crushable beer, mm -hmm. a nice Florida warm summer summer beer. Yeah. Uh, craft beer in Manatee County is really starting to pick up a lot of steam. You know, I don't think people would r readily realize it, but when you sit down and take a look. You know, it's got Darwin, it's got Motorworks. Three Keys is one of my absolute favorites. I love them. Uh, is this surprising, Absolutely. or has this just been a long time coming? I <laughs> think that um, we're all working hard to, to put out uh, some, some good beer and try to grow the market here together. Um, I think it's happening everywhere, right? It's not just a Manatee County county thing. Uh, the number of breweries is exploding all around the country, in the states, uh, and they're primarily small. They're neighborhood focused. They're you know so the fact that we now have seven, eight, seven that's open now in, in Manatee. County the last article I read said twelve actually. Twelve, holy shit! Uh, good so, liquid, Naughty Monk, Darwin, Motorworks, us, uh, Three Keys. And we're gonna we're about to have three car garage, three -car garage uh, little giant's seven. supposed to be opening soonish. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I've heard much about that. Um, I don't know of any others, but yes. I mean, maybe if you start counting some of the ones that are on like the um, the Sarasota, like the Sarasota County border, the J Dubs or whatever. But no, I mean, that's, still that's Sarasota yeah. for sure. For sure. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, like yeah. Uh, it's growing. The beer here is growing, um, and and that's only going to be a good thing for all of us. So, all the ships uh, rise with the rising tide, right? Yeah, that's how that saying goes. So, I think we're all in it together for sure. Excellent. And uh, where can people find out more information on Corporate Ladder other than just driving to the end of 275 and looking around? Come and visit us. Why do you Why do you want to read about us somewhere? <laughs> just come and come experience. Unless you have a beer in your hand. Yeah. yeah. Who no, uh, on social social media. Do not go to our website. Go to social media. Uh, <laughs> face page, Instagram, face all, page. Of, yeah, all of those things. Face page. The, yeah. the tweeters. Facebook.com slash Corporate Letter Brewing. 
And Instagram.com slash purplelettergram. Yep. That's it. That's where all of our sexy photos and, uh, and informations go out. All right. Or just come here and visit us. <laughs> Prefer. Do that. <laughs> come hang out. Say hi. Gentlemen, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, so that is another episode of the Florida Beer Podcast in the books. Definitely want to thank everybody at Momentum and at Three Keys and at Corporate Ladder for for their hospitality and helping us out. Remember, if you are interested in getting a free Southwest Florida Ale Trail passport, email us at floridabeerblog at gmail.com. First couple people to email win. We still have free beers available at If I Brewed the World in St. Pete. You do not want to miss that up. First people to email me, you'll win that certificate, which is great. And we're looking for sponsors, so definitely hit us up if you're interested. The Florida Beer Podcast is a production of FloridaBeerBlog.com. You can find us at FloridaBeerBlog.com. We're on social media at Florida Beer Blog on Instagram and Twitter. We're at FL Beer Blog on Facebook. Florida Beer Blog at gmail.com. If you want to email us, please reach out. I respond. <laughs> Our intro announcer is Jeff Brozovich. Today's music is courtesy of Scott Holmes. You can find the song and more at scottholmesmusic.com. Uh, if you enjoyed listening to the episode, please subscribe. We've got some awesome stuff that's coming up in the future. If you're on Apple Podcasts, rate us. Give us a nice, juicy five-star review. Tell your friends. Um, it does help people get the word out. Tell everyone. Post it up in your brewery and so on and so forth. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening and drink Florida Craft. Craft.